Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to another Coaching from the Couch. We're on to episode five today. So I know I promised some streamers and cakes, but um, I did not get to said streamers and cakes this time. But we're really excited to be on to episode five today. Um, today we're going to be covering week eight primetime games. So uh, Dallin, before we get going, how are you feeling? How's it going? Feeling great, Slade. Uh, man, there was a lot of a lot of toss-ups today. Yeah. Just kidding. We, we kind of knew what was going to happen <laughs> this week. I should say that we were, I think we were three for three yeah. this week. So I was feeling pretty good. Walking. Yeah. yeah, me too. I, <laughs> and all the games, luckily there was no game where I was like, oh no, who knows? Actually, I guess the first half of the Raiders game was giving me kind of some concerns, but by the second half, it was clear who was going to win. So yeah, both went three and zero this week. Um, that improves our uh, primetime records. I'm up to nine and three in my game record picks and Dallin, you just made it even at six and six. So great job. Yo. Yep, I uh, I decided that I'm gonna hopefully play the safe the safe bets from now on. Uh, don't try to get too too crazy with them. So hopefully yeah. my, my numbers boost up a little bit more. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, pretty good. A pretty good. Well, it wasn't great week of games, but it was a a decent week of games. Um, Bucks Bills went about how I expected. Raiders and Lions was actually a little bit more fun than I expected. And then Chargers and Bears was obviously as we as we saw coming. So let's just jump right in um, to Thursday night football. The the Buccaneers went into Buffalo this week to take on the Bills. Uh, the Bucks ended up losing eighteen to twenty four, dropping them to three and four, and the Bills raised to five and three. So Dallin, thoughts on the game? It, honestly, it went about how I expected. Tell you the truth, it it's always hard because the Buccaneers have been so up and down this year for me. Um, it's like, I know that they have talent, but it's, it's hard for them to close games yeah. out. And I got to say, kind of jump into the end already. The Bucks probably should have won this game yeah. over, over the bills, but, but sure enough, there were, you know, a couple mistakes here and there that, that led to the demise of it all. And, and the, the bills ended up edging them out this yeah. one, but, um, I had a lot of fun with the second yeah. half of this game. I thought it was, was really fun to watch. The first half was like, okay. Kind of stalled out a little bit for me, but but it, it looked good overall. So yeah, it did. I think what strikes me the most is that the Bills are just not as dominant as I think they should be, and I think we yeah. knew that the Bills' window of dominance was closing because their defense is getting so old, and their mm -hmm. offensive weapons never step up, and they don't have a lot of success in the offense besides Stefan Diggs usually. So I feel like we all knew that this kind of window of dominance was closing, but I felt like they probably had I felt like their Super Bowl window had closed but I felt like they still had another year of regular season dominance and I just don't feel like we've seen that from the Bills so far this year um, this is a, a Bucks team that has not played well against teams with winning records and they barely squeak out a win and and like you said they honestly should have won on the Hail Mary if Chris Godwin turns around a second sooner he catches the ball and they win yeah you know yeah and so it's just and also if if we start calling pass interference on Hail Marys, the, the Bucks probably win, which is a whole nother story. I know everybody says, well, it's a Hail Mary. We don't call PIs on Hail Marys. At some point that has to change. You've got two guys yeah. who are getting bear hugged and it just is like, it's already an, an almost impossible play. You can't make it completely impossible by letting the defense do whatever they want to do. Um, yeah, no, totally agree. Nobody even touched the ball in the air. It, yeah. it straight up went 
in the little group of players yeah. in the end zone. And Baker actually threw a really good pass, he I thought. He, and it's obviously it's a Hail Mary, so it's as good as anybody could throw it. But literally, if Chris Godwin gets his head around two seconds sooner, it's a catch. And they win the game because they went for two the, the touchdown before. Yeah. But so it's just this this Bills team as a whole is just not like the only two games they've had blowouts were the Raiders 38 to 10 and the, the commanders 37 to three. And I guess they beat the dolphins by 28. So they've had three good games against two bad teams and one good team. And then since then, it's just been these really close nail biters. They should not beat the giants by five. They should not beat the bucks by six. They are a better team than this, these teams. So it's just odd to see this team that I thought should be more dominant that they are that seems to be struggling in almost every area of the game right now. Yeah. No, totally. Josh Allen bugs me. It's like, I feel like he has pretty good talent, mm-hmm. but for some reason he like plays down to his team, mm-hmm. like the teams that he goes against. And I know that we've talked about this before, but it's frustrating yeah. because it's like, who are you? Like, <laughs> It's like Among Us. Like, he is an imposter. <laughs> and he just can't play lights out. Yeah. He has to play as good as the defense is. And yeah. just, like, fairly speaking. It's almost like he's playing a practical joke on everybody. And he's the joker. Like, I don't get him. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. And I think it's it's very time to acknowledge his turnover problem, which I do believe he has. He had another interception yeah. in this game. Again, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. It was a tip ball. Um, and so those can go either way. So it wasn't necessarily a hundred percent his fault, but I do feel like it gets to the point where like Josh Allen very consistently has a very high amount of turnovers and very consistently plays in these games where it's like, this shouldn't be a contest and you should be playing far better. And sometimes you can blame it on, Oh, Stefan Diggs got shut out and he couldn't do anything. But this game, he had Khalil Shakir who stepped up big with six catches and 92 yards. You have Dalton Kincaid finally doing something. Uh, Gabe Davis also had a big game and Stefan Diggs have had a good game. So at the end of the day, I'm not sure we can use the excuse of he doesn't have these weapons anymore because he has these weapons who are finally rising to the occasion and finally coming up to a point where they're, they're playing well. And the stat sheet I think is going to say a different story. He had, was 31 of 40 for 324, which is a great game. I'm not trying to say he had a bad game, but I do think that yeah. like at the end of the day, these games should not be as close as they are. And yeah. I wonder how much credit you need to give to the Bucks defense because the Bucks defense has been really solid. Um, up to this point, they're only allowing 18 points per game and they're managing to shut down these high powered offenses, you know, um, only 24 to the Bills. Um, they only allowed you know, 14 to the Vikings in week one, or sorry, 17. Um, They held the Lions to just 20. They held the Eagles to just 25. So they're managing to hold these these better teams to really lower amounts of points. But then you just have these offensive woes that are just so painful. The offense literally cannot do anything. Yeah, it's frustrating. Just kind of even going to the defense, it sucks because it's always, it's always something I feel like with the Bucks the past couple of weeks that they started really strong. And lately it's been the defense kind of propelling them forward or giving them some momentum, but just kind of watching the game, there was a lot of blown coverage mm-hmm. this game for the Bucks defense, and which I'm not necessarily used to seeing all the way. So I'm just like, oh, you guys, like you played like you normally would have, you guys probably would have won that game if we even just held them to, you know, one less touchdown, which there was a lot of wide open passes, yeah. which was kind of a bummer for the Buccaneers, but... You know, it is what it is. And I will say, I do wish that 
fat Josh Allen would throw to Gabe Davis more. I feel like he's a really good player. It's just he's so up and down, I feel yeah. like. Not much up and down, but just not targeted as much. Yeah. Um, but I feel like he's a pretty gifted receiver who, who needs to be getting the ball a little bit more. Yeah, I think Gabe Davis is a really solid number two. I remember in his, uh, I don't know if it was the AFC Championship, I think it was the divisional round against the Chiefs, and he had something mm-hmm. like, you know, 100-something yards and four touchdowns, and everybody was like, oh, Gabe Davis is the next guy. And ever since then, he just is he is just really inconsistent. He'll have these really great weeks where he's like, you're like, oh, he could be a number one, and then he just disappears in these other games. So, yeah, yeah. you want to see Gabe Davis get more involved because you have such a great weapon in Stephon Diggs that Gabe Davis should be more involved. And I really like to see Dalton Kincaid in this game too, because I was really high on Dalton Kincaid coming out of Utah. Um, part one, cause, cause he's from Utah. So how can you not be excited about that? But number two, because I just think he's really athletic. I think he's really talented and I think he's better than Dawson Knox to be completely honest. So I've been waiting, I've been waiting and waiting for him to get involved because I just do think he's better and they just haven't gotten him involved. So it was really, really awesome to see this week where he finally gets involved and he finally does what I feel like we've been waiting for him to do if they would just give him the dang ball. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I have been, been noticing i'm like i kind of wish they would replace uh old Knox with dalton kincaid because <clears throat> i i totally agree i feel like he's just a little bit more athletic and makes a little bit better plays with the with the opportunities that he's given with the ball yeah and it's not that, but, he's... that good things happen to him no dawson Knox is, is fine mm-hmm. but as far as i guess making things happen i just expected a little bit more from him yeah recently especially with that kind of an offense how they've been the past couple of years it's like you should be a touchdown machine in my eyes, yeah. but well, especially with a, with a team that's not very run heavy. I feel like their tight end should be far more involved in this passing game because you look yeah. at like other not run heavy teams like the chiefs or the Vikings who are just can't rely on the, the run and they get their tight ends involved really, really well. And I just want to see yeah. the same from these, like even do two tight end sets. If you don't want to just run out Dawson Knox and, or one or the other, that's fine, but do two tight end sets and put both of them out there. Like I think, that's the fun part about tight ends is they normally have decent hands. They can normally make plays and they're big, consistent targets. So like use them. And I just don't feel like the the bills have ever really used their tight ends correctly. Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, I want to, I want to shout out, uh, Baker Mayfield and his time with the the Bucks so far. He's he's never been the flashiest quarterback. Um, when the, when the Browns took him number one overall, uh, to say I was surprised is an understatement. I was very shocked to see him go number one overall just because the Browns had the first pick and the fourth pick. So I imagined that Baker would be there at pick number four anyways. So I imagine you take Saquon one and then Baker four. Um, clearly, it worked out for the Browns for a little bit. They got their first playoff win in who knows how long with Baker, um, and it ended up not ending how we wanted it to. And he's kind of been flip-flopping back and forth since then. But I think not ne- not necessarily like he's fantastic or the best ever but i think with the bucks he's managed to be really consistent in a way that we not haven't necessarily seen consistency from him since his first early years with the browns yeah as somebody that's followed baker for a long time now you know being an oklahoma fan from oklahoma i know the talent that baker has baker can shred defenses mm-hmm. with with the accuracy with that being said though on the flip side it definitely depends on who's around him. Yeah. And as I was say, you know, call it what it is from me right now, but the Browns kind of effed over Baker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of. 
definitely effed over Baker. Like, the situation was not ideal at all for a quarterback, any quarterback. Like, I'm not going to tell you that Baker is Patrick Mahomes. He's not. Um, <laughs> but his accuracy, and he is pretty dang good whenever he has a good line in yeah. front of him. And and when, yeah, he stays in the pocket, he can be pretty, pretty dang accurate. Um, but... For one, you're put on the Browns, a winless football team in basically two years, and how many freaking coaches has the boy had? And it's just like, just circumstance after circumstance after yeah. bad luck after bad luck. And it's just like, okay, how could anybody thrive in that kind of a situation? Yeah. And yeah, finally gets on a team with just a smidge of stability. And yeah, he, he's looking not like a total screw up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He still, he still has. He still has issues. He still has accuracy issues right. sometimes. And I don't love he he it never looks like a calm quarterback in the pocket. Like when he immediately yeah. when he takes the sap, he looks panicked and he looks like he wants to run and he wants to escape. And I don't love that. I think it's a I don't think it looks great and I don't think he plays very well because of it. But he has been a lot more consistent. He's at sixteen hundred yards, ten touchdowns, four interceptions. Honestly, the best he's been since probably the Browns playoff year, you know? And right the whole Brown situation stinks, especially because to be fair, I will put some blame on Baker with his shoulder injury. I don't think he should have played. Um, I think, I I think the fact that he played is the reason the Browns moved on. And if he had sat instead, the Browns probably would have had him back in the next year. And maybe we wouldn't be in this situation, but maybe it's for the best, you know, maybe he can find a a solid home with the bucks. Um, But they have to finish. They have to figure out their offensive problems because I don't, I don't really know where the blame goes, you know, Mike Evans in recent years has had, I wouldn't call it a drop problem, but he's definitely had a few more drops than normal. And it's been pretty easy, wide open catches. Um, And you don't see Chris Godwin as involved and, and even Mike Evans is not as involved. So I don't really know where the, the offensive problems lie. You know, it could be on Baker because he does miss these open throws. It could be on the receivers, but overall for the bucks to continue to win games, they have to figure out their offensive problems. Cause at this point, the defense is doing their part to keep them in these games. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, it, I really do think it's everybody. You know, Baker does have a tendency to force some throws every once in a while. Um, kind of hard to find like that number two open receiver every once in a while. And, and one thing I've noticed too is is the like the check downs and whatnot. Like when he throws it, just dumps it to like Cade Otten or something. Cade never goes to the first down marker. <laughs> They're always like five yard throws. Just, yeah hoping to get some yards after the catch, which I'm like, yeah, but there are people past the sticks too. Yeah. And, and totally agree. A lot of this is, I think on the receivers as well, just like a lot of drop balls mm-hmm. lately. And just, if we're going back to those first couple games that they had, what was working, it's like, yeah, they're throwing every once in a while, a good deep shot to either Mike Evans or, or Chris Godwin. And I'm like, Chris Godwin is a pretty dang good player. Yeah. I'm like, hopefully, hopefully they can find a way to incorporate to, to get him the ball more. Cause because it's like they got a good team. It's just little things here and there to, to push them over the edge. And yeah, and, and this is a team that won a Super Bowl three years ago. You know, like yeah. obviously they took a step back last year and, and obviously, obviously they lost Tom Brady. So yeah, and, and, and as much as some people might want to think it, Baker Mayfield is not Tom Brady and won't be Tom Brady. Um, so and that's a big loss, but they, this team went to a Super Bowl and has had a really solid defense, even with Jameis Winston throwing 30 interceptions, they're managing to go 500, you know, like, and I can't imagine another team where a quarterback throws 30 interceptions and they go 500. That's crazy. So it's just like, 
they have good pieces and they have really solid pieces. They just have to find a way to be really consistent offense. And I really want to see Chris Godwin step up a little bit more. Uh, he went five for 54 this game, which isn't, which isn't bad, but Mike Evans, they failed to get Mike Evans a contract extension last year. And it sounds like they probably won't next year. Um, I'd be surprised if they did. So that means they're banking on Chris Godwin to step up and be the number one guy. And, you know, we see flashes every once in a while, but he's never been that consistent guy. So you just like need Chris Godwin to be consistent and we need Mike Evans to be more consistent. His thousand yard streak is on the line this year. Uh, I think we can confidently say it's, it's on the line this year. And so he really just needs to be, they have to figure out a way to, to be consistent and to continue to catch balls um, because there, there definitely has been a drop problem this year. Uh, Mike Evans at 507 yards halfway through the season. So he's on pace for a thousand, uh, but games like this last week, three for 39 are not going to help you get there. Right. Yeah. Nope. That's true. I was about to say, hopefully they can incorporate their run a little better too, because they are one of the last teams in the league on, on yards after the run, mm-hmm. like yards per carry and stuff too. So hopefully, Hopefully they can figure something out to where where they get a little bit of that run pass option down yeah. a little bit and get the play action. But I feel like Baker's really good with play action. Yeah, anyway, you just gotta get it going. Yeah, that's so. what I was about to say. His time in in uh, Cleveland, you'll see that that where he was most successful is when the play action was working. Um, and I really do think he thrives with play action. The problem is I don't think the the Rashad White's that great. Um, I don't think he's bad, but I don't think he's fantastic. And beyond that, they really don't have. They really don't have a good option. Um, and so it's hard to get play action working if run, if the run's not even working. So, And some teams can do it. Um, I think the Vikings do play action really well despite a pretty poor run game. Um, and so hopefully, I hope that that's what they can do. And that's where I think play calling comes into a little bit. I don't think they're playing to Baker's strengths very well. Um, yeah. And I think that's why we're seeing a lot of the struggles that we're seeing is play to what he's good at. And I don't think he's necessarily the best at just a drop back passer. And I think we've seen that throughout his career. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, hopefully they'll figure out their stuff, but who do you, who do you, uh, who are you going with with MVP this week? Yeah, I gave it to Josh Allen, uh, 31 of 40 for three twenty four two two touchdowns. And then again, the interception, but not necessarily his fault completely. It's just a really great mm-hmm. game. It's like I said before, I think the stats tell a different story than the game actually was. Josh Allen had a ton of yards, but the Bucks defense managed to get stops in the red zone when they needed to, to prevent touchdowns, uh, which kept them in yeah. the game as long as it did. But at the end of the day, Josh Allen was the main reason they were moving the ball. And not only was he good at moving the ball, but he was good at getting other people involved when Stefan Diggs had a down game. Now a down game, obviously being nine for 70, which is still a great game, um, but managed to get Khalil Shakir involved, Gabe Davis, you know, like I said, Dalton Kincaid. So um, I think it was a, a good game from Josh Allen. I do think he he needs to figure out how to be more consistent. He needs to figure out how to get into the end zone a little bit better. Um, and we got to work on the turnovers, but I think he was the reason they won the game. Yeah. As much as I bag on, on Josh Allen, I also gave it to him. Yeah. He, he was the reason why they won and, I feel like whenever things do get pretty tough for him or if, if he's being rushed or I should say pressured, he normally finds a way to get the first down with his legs if mm-hmm. nobody's open, which, which I can respect that too. I don't like when he does that all the time because it's not sustainable, right. but um, it worked out for him this game. So I also gave it to Josh Allen. Yeah, no, it was just definitely he, he put the team on his back when they needed to. He won the game. So 
Um, but least valuable player, I just gave it to the Bucks offense as a whole. Like I said, the defense did enough to keep them in this game. In fact, I think they did more than enough to keep them in this game. Uh, the Bucks offense only had one long touchdown drive, drive, which was just before the game ended, and they got saved by Bills penalties like three or four times that drive. That that on fourth down they got saved by a penalty. Um, that's yeah. not sustainable. Yeah, not sustainable at all. Um, the only other time they scored a touchdown is when is on the interception when they got the ball in the Bills territory. Um, so just overall, the Bucks offense has to be more consistent and it has to be able to move the ball. Yeah, I, that's so funny. I also said the the Bucks offense because <laughs> not only that, it's it's there were a lot of instances where the Bucks shouldn't necessarily have even gotten the touchdown that they did. Like you said, it was the turnover inside the 20 that, that helped out too. Yeah. And even then, Baker threw a really good pass, I feel like, to Chris Godwin on that touchdown drive. At the same time, if if the defense is a little bit more aware, I feel like they could have picked that off pretty yeah. good too. It's that forcing throws mm-hmm. uh, situation. And yeah, obviously the run game doesn't help them at all. Like Rashad White doesn't. Yeah do much I feel like with the offense so it's just they they have a problem of only getting hot the last two drives of the game I've seen that the past couple of games where it's like if you guys could do that from the start you guys would be you know top 10 team but yeah. we always have to wait till we're we're already down to do something yeah I'll also flex the offense yeah so hopefully they figured out um I think we mentioned this last week but the Bucks are still very much in contention for their division. Um oh we were talking about the Saints that's why we mentioned it. Uh this division is yep. really average at best. They're I, all the teams at this point are either 4 and 4 or 3 and 4. Um so they're totally in contention for the division and honestly they could really pull it out. They just have to figure out their offensive problems cuz their defense is ready to go. Yep. I agree. All right. Great. Well, a good Thursday night football game. Lots of fun. Um, we'll move on to a little bit more of a boring game. Uh, Bears at Chargers went just about as we expected. The Bears lost to the Chargers this week, 13 to 30. Um, just just not a good game. You know, just the Bears are very bad. They are a very bad football team. Um, they really don't have any shining spots. You know, there's nothing that you look at the Bears and you're like, Oh, that's good. And the only thing I can think of is DJ Moore, and it's because of one really good game. But other than that, he's just not had a great year. So it's just really hard to see. And I imagine as a Bears fan, it's really sad to see because I just feel like in every aspect of the game, they've just regressed. You know, I don't think Justin Fields, he's not running as much. Well, obviously, he's been out for the last couple weeks. But even when he was in, he's not running as much. There's not as many designed runs for him, which is just odd because that's where he's been succeeding. Um, at, yeah. DJ Moore hasn't been stepping up how you want him to, you know? And then you just see all of these things that it's just like in every aspect of the game, I just feel like the Bears have regressed from where they were last year. And they were terrible last year too. So it's just really sad to see. I'm sure as a Bears fan, it's really hard to see as well. No, dude. The Bears are poopy, man. Like, they're just a poopy team. Like, they're just... They are... Like, the epitome of a snooze button. Like, I just do not care to watch them half the time. And it's just like, they weren't great before Justin Fields got hurt. They're definitely not great now. Which sucks because... Because, you know, they had a fun game to watch like a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. but... It's just, they're just not fun to watch. No, like, not. we knew exactly how it was going to go, and and what's his face? Tyson, was it, is it Bagnet? Bagent? How do you say it? Bagent? 
Bagent? Something Bagnet? like that. <laughs> I didn't know if he was French or something. Like, Bagnet. Bagnet. Tyson Bagnet. Either way. That guy had a sucky game. Yeah. <laughs> like, to say the least. Like, interception after interception. And it's just, I don't know. I don't even know where to start just because I'm like, that game sucked. It did. And it sucks for Tyson. I'm just going to call him Tyson because I'm going to butcher his last name. So it sucks for Tyson because not only is he a D2 college player, I think he's the only D2 college player on an NFL team currently, but he's a D2 college player coming to a terrible Bears team. So like, I think he's doing what he can and what he can is not great. And I don't think we should expect it to be fantastic, but like, how could you expect a lot more from him with the team he's on? It's just nothing is working. Nothing is going right on any side of the ball, anywhere, nothing worse. And they can't do anything correctly. No, nope, I totally agree. Well, let's uh, let's get off the Bears for a second and talk to what was actually good in that game and uh, talk about the Chargers. The Chargers had a great game. Yeah. They, uh, I mean, they looked how I would expect uh, up and down Chargers team to look against the, the Bears. Uh, every once in a while, you'll see the Chargers give you a glimpse of hope being like, oh yeah, this is what everybody expected you to be Yeah. for the past years and it's just like it's finally nice to see something pull through even though it was against a terrible Bears defense but I'm happy Austin Eckler's back though because yeah they need him they They need that man for sure it's great to see the Chargers team not only have a good offensive performance but a good defense performance as well and obviously like you mentioned it's against the Bears so it's not necessarily anything to really celebrate but they need this game to prove that like yes they can be like they handled business. That's what you want to see from a Chargers team that doesn't always handle business. They came in, yeah. they didn't allow points, they scored points, and that's exactly what you wanted to see against the Bears. So great for them. Yeah, great to see Austin Eckler back. He's still really not great on the run game, is what we'll say. 15 of 29, that's not even two yards per carry. But the past game, he was elite. Seven for 94 and a touchdown, uh, leading receiver for the day. So it's great to see him involved in wherever they can get him involved. And great to see that Mm -hmm. they saw he wasn't effective on the run game, so they moved it to the pass game instead. And they let Joshua Kelly have a little bit more of the carries on the run game instead. Right. No, I agree. Yeah, when I say he did good, it was was definitely me more of the pass game than the run game with that as well. Which I feel like he's definitely been more of a a dual threat running back anyway um, on that side of it at least of i should say at least when there's nothing else he's the guy you go to on check down he can and i think it's really helpful for justin herbert to have him back as well because he just needs that kind of consistent close easy target when he can't necessarily Mm -hmm. get something down the field and austin eckler is great at being that target so it was a great game from austin eckler it was a good game from justin herbert It was a terrible game from the Bears. And I have to talk about the Bears defense for a second because I just don't understand how they've regressed from last year. Um, They go off in the offseason and they get Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, both of which I have to say I think were overpaid. I think TJ Edwards benefited a lot from playing on the Eagles. I don't think he was as good as the contract they gave him. And Tremaine Edmonds is good, not to say he's not good. I think he's very good. But I think you had Roquan Smith, who is better than Tremaine Edmonds. And so I don't necessarily understand why you – trade Roquan Smith away to get two linebackers who equal the skill level of Roquan Smith. It seems, it seems weird to me. So it's just crazy that you, you go and get these defensive pieces and your defense still sucks. How does that happen? No, I, uh, the bears have always traded away. I feel like they're good players on defense. And I don't understand why 
It's just like, I remember when they had Cleo Mag, who is now on the Chargers, and yeah, Rokon Smith, it's just really questionable head scratchers for me, where I'm just like, you guys want to get worse, and yeah. I don't get why. Like, that's not that's not how you get better, is trading away your best players. Like, yeah, you're supposed I, to... I don't, you guys are confused. You're supposed to trade for the good players, not trade away the like, good no, players. No, 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 no. Yeah, you get the good players. You don't give the good players. Like, you're going to stay on the bottom if that happens. If if you're just, like, in this constant cycle of giving your good players to get good players in the draft, like, you're going to you're gonna be in this state of limbo for the rest of your life. And it's not even them trading away good players. It's like they also trade away good picks to get bad players yeah. or good picks yeah. to get fine players because last year they trade the 32nd overall pick which is essentially a first round pick i know it's in the second round but that is essentially a first round pick and they and get what was it nick chubb <laughs> was i think 30 yeah 30 well you 30s. look at these players you can get at these picks and they're just they're still great second round talent early second round is still first round let's be honest it's still first round talent but so you trade right. away that pick to get freaking uh what's his name it's slipping my mind he plays for the dolphins now Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool, oh, yeah. a t- terrible. It was terrible. He didn't do anything while he was there. And now they've traded for Montez Sweat. And I, I've seen a lot of a lot of people going both ways, saying it's a good trade and saying it's a bad trade. I'll give my opinion. I think it's a bad trade. Again, you give up an early second round pick for a player who's entering a contract year. Why would he want to resign with the Bears? The Bears aren't good. Why would you want to resign with the Bears? And so I've seen a lot of people say, well, you'd rather trade for a player you know is good, then take a risk on a draft. If your GM can't find good talent in the second round, in early second round, there's a problem with your GM being able to draft. So it's not just the idea of them trading away good players. It's that when they trade for good players or mediocre players, they're giving up picks they shouldn't be giving up. So hopefully with Montez Sweat, I'm hoping for Bears fans' sakes that he signs an extension. I can't imagine he signs an extension. Why would he? Why would he want to play for the Bears? Yeah. Unless they're they're paying me some nice cheddar, but even then I'm like, every man has his dignity, you know. Well, <laughs> like, and, and Montez Sweat is coming from the Commanders, who have been bad for his entire career. So why would he want to awesome. sign a contract extension with a team that is also going to be bad for the next four years? Like I can understand the Montez Sweat trade for a team that's trying to contend right now and trying to make the playoffs. The Bears won't make the playoffs this year. The trade doesn't make any sense. It does not make any sense for me. And so I can't imagine Montez Sweat signs an extension. The Bears do have the most cap space next year, so I'm hoping for Bears fans' sakes that he signs an extension, but that trade feels so dumb to me. It feels so dumb to give up an early second-round pick for a player that might not even stay next year. I see both sides of it. Obviously, Claypool's not doing you any favors. Dude is, I don't want to say a dumpster fire of a receiver, but kind of. He's a dumpster fire. <laughs> he didn't do any favor. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> he didn't do anything for the Bears. So I'm like, at least get something out of the, the guy that's just been more of a marketing scheme than anything for your team. So, but yeah, no, I totally agree of like, as far as Montez Sweat staying there, it's like, I wouldn't blame him if he did not want to stay there at right. all. So. Well, and he's good enough that some other team will pay for him. Like he has no yeah. reason to extend with the Bears because someone else is gonna is someone else is gonna trade for him or or sign him. Like he will have he will have suitors in the offseason of teams that want to contend and can pay him the money he wants to make. So it just to me doesn't make any sense to do this trade because 
it feels like a short-term rental to me, to be honest. It doesn't feel like a long-term thing. It feels short-term to me. Yeah. But Well, we'll see what happens with them. Yeah, just a bad game from the Bears defense. They didn't end up getting a stop um, and forcing a punt until after halftime. It was the second, the Chargers' second drive of halftime where they finally forced a punt. So it just... Yeah. Uh, just terrible, terrible defense, terrible offense. They really can't get anything going. And it sucks too, because the bears have normally had a very consistent run game as well, but even now they just don't have a run game to fall back on because you don't have a mobile quarterback. You don't have Justin Fields right now. Deontay Foreman, who sometimes plays well, just isn't a consistent guy. You're missing Cleo Herbert for sure. Um, you want Roshan Johnson more involved, but he's not. So it's just like, they just don't have anywhere that they can rely on to do anything at all on offense or on defense. No, nope. true. And, uh, yeah, yeah. That's basically, that's basically what I was going to yeah. end up with. So not, not much to say about it. There's not, it's a, it's, and there's not much to say about the Monday night game either, to be honest. It's, it's just like bad teams playing good teams. It goes exactly as we expect. And there's only so long I can hammer the same points about your team sucks before I can no longer hammer that your team sucks. And sorry, Bears yeah, fans. I was like, I, yeah, sorry, Chicago. <laughs> if we have any listeners in Chicago, I uh, for your six, let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> Let's move on to our MVP, LVP of the game. Yeah. Um, MVP this week, it's it's hard not to give to Justin and Herbert. I figured you would in yeah. this game. Am I right? Are you, you giving it to yeah. Justin Herbert? You're right. Okay, good. In that case, I'm going to give it to the to the Charger defense. It's just like, I'm glad that you guys did exactly what you're supposed to do against the Bears offense. And a lot of the players had really good games yeah. um, for for the Charger defense. Like Eric Kendricks, he had 10, 10 total tackles. You got Kenneth Murray, who who I want to say also had 9 or 10 tackles, but a couple of pass def- deflections. And yeah, solid defensive effort by them, and good job for not letting an embarrassing Bears offense score on you. So yeah. I'll give it to them. So that you can talk a little bit about just. <laughs> yeah, no, I love the the Chargers defense has been so bad that you gotta call out when they finally do what they're supposed to do. So I'm glad I you figured. did. Um I was like, I should probably give them their props this time around. I won't yeah. do it next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went Justin Herbert, thirty one of forty for for three hundred yards and three touchdowns. He was just he was just really good. And like we said, it's a Chargers team that often doesn't do what they're supposed to do. And they just finally did what they were supposed to do on both sides of the ball. Um, and big credit to Justin Herbert. Again, big credit to Austin Eckler as well, who I think really helped Justin Herbert be able to do what he needed to do. But he was slinging it, had no problem with the Bears defense, um, and and obviously was a big part in why they won the game. Um, as for LVP, I went with Tyson. Um, again, I'm not going to say his last name, but I went with Tyson. Um, two bad interceptions. Again, I, I'm trying to be as kind as I can. It's an he's doing the best he can with the tools he's been given, and he hasn't been given great tools, and he's a D two college player. So, like props, you're trying your hardest, but you're not doing well enough. So I had to give it to Tyson this game. Um, not really anyone else. I feel like it could go to for me. Yeah, I wish I could give it to the whole Bears team. That seems a little. T- <laughs> So I won't. So I'll, I'll go ahead and say Tyson. I mean, two interceptions. That should have been three interceptions, technically. Or I should say it was almost three interceptions, but they overturned one of the calls to just an incomplete pass. But, um, yeah. Like you said, he's done good for what he has been. Like, I had no expectations for right. this kid. Like, like, yeah. How do you expect somebody 
like from D2 to come over, especially especially to the Bears. Like, if anything, he's playing just as good as he's probably Justin playing. Fields. Yeah, and he's sure, probably so. playing better than than I thought he would. To be honest, you know, like, yeah. like us primetime game he was on, or was it primetime? Whatever, it was Thursday night against the Commanders. Wait, when did he last play? Tyson? Okay, he I played the Raiders last Whatever week. Whatever was, he had a great game last week. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's just... Also, I'm kind of tired. This is kind of more of a rant. I'm tired of how many good games the Bears are getting this year. I do not <laughs> want to watch the Bears, and they've been in, like, a couple now. Yeah. Like, Thursday night. Too, too many, to be night, honest. And I think in two weeks, they're going to mon- Monday night. I'm like, what makes you think I want to watch the Bears? I think they... I don't know. Oh, yeah, they're Monday night against the Vikings uh, on on uh, November 27th. So, um, who knows what to expect out of that game. Oh, they also have Thursday night football next week against the Yeah, Panthers. I was about to say, like, I think they have one coming up as so, well. I'm, I'm not... Like, <laughs> the end the schedule, because I, like... That makes no sense to me. They like, said, you think America wants to watch that? Yeah, they said, you know who we should put on primetime four times? The 3-13 and 13 Bears team. Worst teams in the <laughs> league. Yeah. Uh, I'm tired of watching the Bears on primetime. There's nothing exciting about the games we watch. And they keep putting them against better talent. You know, they beat the Commanders in their only good offensive showing. And the Commanders suck also. So it's like, at least that game was a little bit more exciting. But let's stop putting the Bears on primetime next year. And let's just put good teams on primetime so we have something more exciting to talk about. Like, seriously, this, honestly, the whole scheduling this year has been kind of a snooze to me. Because it's like, even the good games are overruled by way more bad games that they are wanting to show. Which Game of the week this week is... Chiefs Dolphins and it's in Frankfurt at 9 a.m. or like 6 a.m. So it's like there's what Chiefs, are we Dolphins and Eagles Cowboys and I'm just like two games I would much rather watch but you know you yeah. know Instead, let's uh let's quit talking about stupid bears let's go to Monday night football. yeah yeah okay <laughs> that, well, <laughs> that I could care less about yeah we I think Raiders. we I think we crapped on the Bears for long enough so we'll switch our attention to to crap on the Raiders a little bit now I have on another team that I hate just as much as yeah. the Bears, the Vegas Raiders, um, which Ra- this was exactly how we thought too. Yeah, so. Raiders come into Detroit to take on the Lions. Obviously, the Raiders get um, handled very easily. Final score fourteen twenty six. The Raiders drop to three and five. Lions raise to six and two. Um, Dallin, opening thoughts. What did you think about the game? <sighs> I'm so glad they benched Jimmy Garoppolo. Honestly, yeah. that. What a disappointment of a career for Jimmy. Jimmy G, man. Porn star Jimmy, as they call him. <laughs> just like, if I'm a porn star, I don't even want to get with Jimmy. Just just for the bad street career at this point. Like, there's no place to go, but I would think no place to go, but up. But the man just keeps going down. He's yeah. trending downward for the past five years now. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I'm so glad that they benched him to ruin another quarterback's career. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> It's the Raiders did the right thing firing Josh McDaniel Daniels, um, who we know is bad. It was a bad hiring in the first place because he was terrible. Right. He was terrible in his first head coaching gig and he was terrible this time around. We know Josh McDaniels isn't a good head coach. So they made the right call there and they made the right call benching Jimmy. And I can't necessarily 
like I've always thought Jimmy Garoppolo was bad. I've never thought he was very good. And people will always be like, Dang. he took the 49ers to the Super Bowl. And then you look at the 49ers and you're like, anyone would have taken the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Like, like, yeah. Like Mr. Irrelevance about to take, it could take the 49ers to the Super Bowl, you know? <laughs> He's definitely NFC championship, it looks like. So. Yeah. So it's just, I've never thought Jimmy Garoppolo was that guy. For the Raiders organization, can you really blame them for giving him the contract i can because i always thought he was bad but from a from an outside perspective if if you don't watch football and you look at his stats his win loss percentage interception to touchdown ratio they all look good you know like he he he's always been but he's always benefited from having these really good teams like he played for the patriots yeah. you know and he played behind tom brady and then he goes to the 49ers which is, is an unbelievably stacked team and and let's be honest the games that they lost they lost because of jimmy garoppolo you know, like, and it's easy for us to see that. So I would say as a fan watching these games, saying you don't watch football, you can't necessarily blame them. But for the Raiders GM who also got fired to give him that contract, you can blame him because it's his job to know what to do in this situation and to not give bad contracts to bad players. And he gave a bad contract to a bad player. Jimmy Garoppolo is not good. He's not good at all. And I am way more excited to see Aiden O'Connell just because at least it's a rookie. So like, if he's bad, you can't yeah. hold it against him. But like, I'm so happy. We don't have to see Jimmy Garoppolo march out there anymore because that is a joke. That is such a, it was such a bad idea. Dude, like he just does not pass the eye test whatsoever. We can look at his stats all day long. Be like, okay. Yeah. Not the absolute worst stats I've ever seen. Well, this year they're pretty bad, but in general, but, what a vanilla guy to watch. Yeah. Like, well, what does he, he do? just doesn't spark that offense whatsoever. And if you have a Devontae Adams, arguably the best receiver in the NFL, and can't do anything, like you deserve to be benched, man. You do. And and you look at Jimmy Garoppolo. What does he do well? Like, can you name one thing that the man does well? Throw interceptions. He does that pretty well. Yeah, he's, he's, he's number one. Like, he's, great top at, five. <laughs> he's great at turning the ball over, but you, I, like I watch him play and I'm like, what do you, like, what, what do you do? Well, I don't really, you're not very accurate. You don't have very good anticipation. Your timing's not very good. You don't have a great pocket presence. Like I'm like, I just don't think you do anything very well at all. And how can you be bad when you have Devonte Adams lining up on the other side? Like how on yeah. earth do you leave this game? And Devonte Adams has one catch for 11 yards. Dude. That is absurd. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, if you're going to be targeting anybody, I would only throw to Devontae Adams, even if he's in triple coverage. Like, I would rather give Devontae Adams 20 targets a game and, uh, and one probably completion. even get away with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's like, but then, even then, it's like, he makes stupid plays too. Like, I, you, even in this game, I felt like he was trying to target Devontae Adams more. And on his interception, it's just a bonehead throw. Like, the safety's just sitting, waiting for that ball. Any other quarterback... Like any other quarterback in the league knows that's a pick and he just throws it anyways. And I'm sure it's because you want to get Devontae Adams. I know Devontae Adams is frustrated. We've seen it. And he asked for a trade and the Raiders said no. And so it's just like, and now we've missed the trade deadline. This is a tangent. Devontae Adams needs to get out of Las Vegas next year and bad. He needs to go somewhere that doesn't suck. I was questioning Devontae Adams' intelligence even going <laughs> to the Raiders, honestly. Like when he did that, I'm like, that's a career ruiner. Like, there are a couple teams that I look at as a career-ruining place, and that is one of them. And sure enough, what did you think was going to happen? 
Like, you should have stayed in Green Bay. Yeah. Like, like I would much rather take Jordan Love over Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And yeah, Jordan Love sucks. Yeah. That, that should tell you something, too. It's just like, I feel like Jordan Love's a way better quarterback, too. At least Jordan Love has this potential, you could say. At least, well, I don't think he has a ton of potential, but at least you can argue that he has a higher upside than Jimmy Garoppolo because you know exactly what you're getting out of Jimmy Garoppolo, but we don't necessarily know what we're getting out of Jordan Love quite yet. That's the upside. Yeah, I was about to say, it's more the upside than anything. Yeah. Well, Jordan Love has a higher upside than Jimmy Garoppolo to me. Yeah. Both aren't going anywhere, <laughs> per se, in ice, but you know, you'd probably get more touchdowns and more targets yeah. in Green Bay still. Yeah, and like at the very least, let him get yardage. Let him go somewhere he can do something. And obviously we missed the trade deadline, so he's not going anywhere this year. But if I'm Devontae Adams, I'm like, dude, I'm not playing then. Like, what's the point of playing? He literally... I would rather not be in this profession anymore than play. He has nothing to play for. Like, the yardage isn't worth it. Everybody knows he's good, so he doesn't need to prove anything. And he doesn't want to... He shouldn't want to get injured, so what's even the point of playing? If if they're not going to trade me, I'm not going to play. I don't want to play for your, your garbage team. Yeah, the Raiders did the right thing benching Jimmy and they did the right thing firing Josh McDaniels. And I think this is one of the first times we can say the Raiders have done the right thing. Um, I won't say that this means they're going to be good because I don't think they're going to be good. But I think it at least shows they're willing to part ways with the people that suck and they can acknowledge that they made a bad call and get rid of the people that suck. And that's a good sign at least. Yeah, and I do feel bad for the defense because the offense is so bad that it kind of overshadows. Like, it's not the worst defense no, in the NFL. Not. Like, they got some pretty good players. Well, and even even in this game, they they were the defense kept this a close game because even coming into going into halftime, it's only it's only a nine point game. So the, the Raiders are still very much in this game, but they just like come out of halftime. And the first thing that the, the Raiders do is punt. And luckily their defense, Marcus Peters gets a, gets a pick six. So now it's a two point game. You know, the, the Raiders defense did enough to keep the offense in the game, but that offense is just, it's worse or as bad as the bears offense. They could not do anything at all. They could not do a thing. And so it makes sense that by the end of the game, Jameer Gibbs is running over everyone and the offense is, is doing whatever they want because the defense exists, is exhausted. They've been on the field for who knows how long, you know, like just an absurd amount of time. So I do feel bad for the defense because they hold on back to how long they were on the field. The time of possession was 20 minutes for the Raiders to 39 for the lions. So it makes sense that the, the Raiders defense is exhausted by the end of the game, but I do feel. Oh, bad. Yeah. Go ahead. Just even going off of the time of possession, total yardage. The Raiders only had 157 total yards that whole game. That is like what the chiefs do in like a drive. It feels <laughs> like, like two drives and yeah, 157 to 486. It's over 300 yards difference of for Detroit. You look at total drives too, and it's not like the Lions had an exponential amount of drives more than them. They It was 12 to 11. The Raiders had equal opportunity and literally could not do a thing anywhere. So it's just like, I you can't help but feel bad for a defense that clearly wants to compete and wants to be good with an offense that just is absolutely garbage. Yeah. Honestly, the score doesn't even reflect on how bad the game is, too. Like, a 12-point game, it's like, whatever. Like, yeah, obviously, 
Detroit's better than Las Vegas, but without a couple of turnovers on on Detroit, this game could have easily been like forty to fourteen. Oh, for sure. And and yeah, the the score will not reflect the fact that the Raiders were really never in this game. Like even after the pick six to make it a two point game, I'm like, eh, I don't think Las Vegas is gonna win this game. And I think that's attributed to the fact that the Lions offense is really good. When you look at the Lions as a whole, I still think they have a couple concerns on defense. I don't think they have great cornerbacks. um, And I don't think the D line is doing quite enough. I think Aiden Hutchinson has been good, but I don't think they're getting what they want out of it. But you look at the offense and they don't have weakness, to be honest. They've got great receiving threats. Amon Ra is great. Um, Hopefully Jamison Williams kind of steps up and becomes great as well, because I think he can. And then now you've got Jameer Gibbs emerging finally we've been waiting for this and he's been he has been fantastic you know and I'm a big hater of that draft pick and I will still hate on that draft pick because I don't think it makes a ton of sense to take him as early as they did but he's been fantastic these last two weeks and so it's really like you look at the offense and I'm like I don't necessarily see the only worry I can think of is Jared Goff goes back to his old ways and that could be concerning but we have no reason to expect that because he's been great with Detroit since he's been there yeah, I mean, he threw a pick six that lost me fantasy this week. But other than that, I've been I've been really enjoying watching Detroit. Honestly, like it's been so long since I feel like Detroit has has gotten some love in life, <laughs> some life love, and I, I don't know. It's kind of refreshing to see, like, oh, I actually enjoy watching Detroit yeah. now. Like, yeah everything like what you were saying on I'm so glad Jamar Gibbs it sucks that it had to come at David Montgomery getting hurt yeah. that he's getting some good games in him but I'm happy to see yeah. it <laughs> like me too not an absolute I guess bummer of a draft pick like what you're saying yeah it's like okay let's get some use out of him for sure for sure I think this game was the game that finally made me say Detroit I still think there are teams above Detroit I still think the Eagles are better you know, and, sure. and the 49ers coming off a three game loss. I still, you know, they're still a more complete team, but this is the game that finally was like, Oh, Detroit could make noise. You know, like they really could, could mess things up in the playoffs when they get there. Cause they, at this point with Kirk cousins, uh, rupturing his Achilles, they're going to win the division. Um, and they really could make noise in the playoffs, especially if Jameer Gibbs continues to play the way they have the passing offense continues to click. And if the defense can just fix a couple things, this team could be really, really dangerous. Yeah, I would definitely like to see see Detroit make a playoff push for sure. Me too. Um, playoff push. Well, cool. Who do who do you got as your MVP this week? Yeah, I had to give it to the rookie Jameer Gibbs. Twenty six for one fifty two and a touchdown. Um, five for thirty seven in the air. It's just we've been waiting for this. You know, the, the Lions spend the capital to get him early when they did and we've been waiting for this moment and we finally finally get to see it and uh, it was worth the wait you know he looks he's so fast he looks really good and i don't necessarily think he's better than Bijan, but up to this point you know he's been like the two games he's been good has been more consistent than Bijan. so we'll see what happens as their careers careers progress but yeah had to go with jameer gibbs it was a great game from him it was really fun to watch yeah i totally agree i also went jameer gibbs it's just 5.8 5.8 yards per carry in the NFL, I think, is fantastic. Yeah. It's like you don't see it a ton. And I think whenever you can establish a good run game for a while, then it's just like it's it's hard to overcome that for defenses. Yeah. Especially if you're so tired at, at the right. end of the game. 
you can do whatever you want to him. And I feel like, yeah, he's just such a speedy little he son is of a gun. So quick. So quick. And yeah. I've really enjoyed, enjoyed watching him, watching him play. And I hope he continues to do well for him. Yeah, so. Me too. Um, for LVP, I think we both probably had the same, but it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, he, <laughs> I mean, I mean, he sucks like truly, um, his, his days as a starting quarterback, if they are not over right now, they will be soon because he just, there's no part of his game that is good at right now. Um, 10 for 21 for 126 yards and an interception. And it was a bad interception. It was a terrible throw. So it's just bad. He deserved to get bench. And I, and I hope Aiden O'Connell is better. And if not, then I hope that Brian Hoare is better and whoever they play, I hope is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Cause he stinks. Yeah, totally agree. Obviously, it's been Jimmy for me. I'm ready for, yeah, the Raiders to clean house, yep. honestly. At this point, it's just like you need somebody that has experience building a good football team because, yeah, you're not going anywhere if you don't. Yeah. So For sure. So we'll see what happens with the Raiders. Like we said, Lions, will, Lions should win the division at this point. Um, but Raiders, yeah. um, hopefully they make a better coaching hire this offseason. Um Hopefully they make a better GM hire. And and if not, then yeah, get your good players out of Las Vegas, get some draft capital, have a couple bad years and, and we'll reassess in a couple years. Yeah. All right. Let's real quick. Let's do game picks for next week and then we can call it quits. So um, Thursday night, we got Titans at Steelers. Um, I like Will Levis in this game. Um, I don't think he's going to do what he did last week. Um, but I do think that the Titans are coming into a position where they could make a push to make a playoff game. And I, I don't think this is necessarily a must win game, but I think it's an important game. So I'm going to go Titans in this game. I think it'll be relatively, relatively close. Um, I'll go Titans 27, 24. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me not to go against Will, Will Levis right now because he had such a good debut on the Titans. And we've just been itching for the Titans to do something yeah. this year, especially Andre Hopkins and, and Derrick Henry, you know, being healthy. It's just like, please do something. And last week was finally the glimmer of hope. So it's always hard going on somebody's second game because I feel like this is always when they, in a sense, are tested. Yeah. Because, but I'm going to go with the Titans this next week, 30-22. Ah, it's, it's hard saying that against the, the Steelers defense. Yeah. Steelers defense is normally pretty solid. But I am going to give it to the Titans this week as well. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, I don't expect it to be as as much fireworks as last week. And and you're right to say this is his test because now there's a week of film on him when there wasn't the week before. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. But I like the Titans in this game. Like I said, I don't think it's must win, but I think this is a really important game for them. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sunday night fit football. We got Bills at Bengals. If you remember last year, Bills at Bengals um, was a was DeMar Hamlin's game where he ended up getting um, – you know, his heart stopped on the field. So I'm um, glad we got past that. Right. Hopefully we don't have anything that killer this week. Um, I like the Bengals in this game, to be honest. I like the Bengals at home. The Bengals are on a hot streak. Um, they're looking really good coming off a win against the 49ers. Um, and the Bills haven't looked very dominant. So I'm going to take the Bengals in this game. I think it's going to be high scoring. I'm going to go Bengals 30, Bills 24. Ooh, that's good. I was wrestling with this one as well because, like what you said, I think the Bengals are getting hot right at the right time, which is what they did last year. It's just like, come on, Joe, like, yeah. just start hot, yeah. and you won't have to deal with all these problems later on. Oh, I want to go with the Bengals, but you know how I am, Slate. I'm going with the Bills this week. Right. I think Josh 
like you said, I think it's going to be a good high-scoring game, or I I hope it's going to be a good high-scoring game. I'm ready for him to, to make something happen. Yeah. Hopefully their defense can can stay on top of things, but I'm going to go... I'm going to go 27-21 Bills right. Yeah, that should be a good game. I'm, I'm hoping for a good game there. Um, you never really know, but the based off the way the Bengals are currently playing, um, and if the Bills can manage to put together a good offensive performance, I think it should be a great game. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Monday Night Football. I'll let you lead this one so that I don't pick the same team as you, but we got Chargers at Jets. Um, what are you thinking? Okay, well, this game, although not the most exciting to me, it's better than, you know, watching the Bears or the Raiders in my eyes, I guess. This week, I think the Chargers coming off of a good win. Hopefully got some good um, momentum going. I think I'm going to go to the Chargers this week. And hopefully they can overcome their offensive woes kind of that they've been dealing with before and, and keep this baby going with Austin Eckler. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 17-10 this game yeah we were pretty close in our in our choices i also think the chargers are going to take this game like you say coming off a win good offensive performance they're coming up against a tough defense though so i agree it won't be super high scoring the jets offense is just too like the chargers pass defense is really bad but the the jets pass offense is really bad so it's a really good matchup for them um so yeah i'm also going to take the chargers in this game i was going to go 17 14 chargers um and those two guys you i was just Change my answer to seventeen fourteen because I'm like, ah, no, the Chargers defense isn't great. No, I'm going to give them some props this week. Yeah, seventeen ten seventeen. Okay, you're probably closer. Yeah, and oh, and God. we'll see. You know, if Brees Hall can have a really big game, you never really know for sure. But I imagine the Chargers, if the Chargers can continue to take care of business, they should win this game. So, uh, a, a couple of good games, a, a fairly good lineup. I actually don't mind this week's primetime games at all. Um, so we'll see. We're, we're looking forward to talking to them next week. So, um, but we appreciate you all tuning in as, as always, uh, like we've mentioned every week and we'll continue to mention every week. We're currently live on Spotify, uh, podcast.com, Apple podcasts, and YouTube. Uh, the first four episodes are live there. Feel free to check us out. Give us a follow, give us a shout, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Instagram, Coaching from TC, and on TikTok, Coaching from the Couch. Um, Dallin, any final things from you? Nope. I was going to say, I'm excited to get into these week's games and excited to talk about them next week. Awesome. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Have a good one. Bye.